0: Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer in the T-Mobile Arena. Uh, just as an FYI, I heard that ad for Horse Racing Alberta and the live racing starts at Century Mile uh, coming up uh, on Saturday. Uh, Frank Cervalli will be on for uh, the horses and horse racing Alberta on tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now. Uh, one of the horses in the Kentucky Derby, Skinner. Bit of a long shot, uh, but yes, there is a horse named Skinner that is in the Kentucky Derby on Saturday. How cool is that? And guests and Oilers now receive certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Because of the early start on Monday, Roos Chris will be open early. If you want to go to uh, Roos Chris prior to Game 3, the Oilers in the Vegas Golden Knights opens up at 4 o'clock. Uh, Roos Chris normally open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 until close, but open 4 to close on Monday. Follow Sizzle to 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Tell Chris and Chef L Taff and Brendan that Oyters now sent you. As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, and welcome back to the show Sportsnet color analyst Louis Debrus for GCL Diesel. Providing genuine diesel parts and turbocharges at great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. Hello, Louis. How are you doing? Doing well today, Bob. How are you doing? Good, good. Uh, it's a little chillier up here at T-Mobile Arena today than it was yesterday, uh, and it was a, a, a it was a hot response uh, from Vegas. They played very well uh, last night, and, and I'd probably grade the Oilers uh, a C or C minus. But uh, the floors the floors yours, my man. What did you see last night yeah. here at T-Mobile Arena?
1: I saw one team that was a little a little more prepared and ready to start than another, no question about it. And I, and I think as the game went on, I know if you listen to the players in the, in the post game press conferences, it's exactly what the story that was told. They weren't ready to start the game. Vegas was. I mean, when you look at the way they finished off the Winnipeg Jets, they were up to four nothing. They scored in the first minute of the game. Scored in the first minute of the second period. They came out flying. They wanted to finish that series off, and they carried that over, even though they had. Um, A lot of days off, they were ready for an Edmonton-Oiler team that had beat them three out of four times in the regular season. So what I did see, though, is I saw Edmonton start to dig in, start to win more battles, start to fight for pucks a little bit more aggressively, and push them back in the third period. End of the second, third period, those are the types of plays that Edmonton wants to try and make and the way they want to defend, although they did give up one goal in the transition. uh, The Stevenson goal that was a little bit of a dagger to make it a two-goal lead in the third period, and that was on a a line change for Edmonton, and as we've seen through not just the regular season but this Vegas Golden Knights team, they're so good on the transitional plate. They're going to attack. They're going to exploit you if you make one positional error, and they did again. And, you know, credit Stevenson for getting that shot away in the one-timer. It was a nice pass by Stone who had a great game. And uh, for Edmonton, they've got their work cut out for them. But the good news is um, everything that I felt, they didn't do that great. And, and, and on that, that particular goal, I thought they just backed in a little too far and allowed that one-timer to happen. At other times, they were too aggressive up the ice, and the speed of Vegas was able to get around them. I think of the March or so chance, and um, the glove hand saved by Stuart Skinner was just an incredible save in the second period. Um yeah, so so for me, there's adjustments that need to be made, but it really does boil down to the fact that you have to be aware that this is a pressure-oriented team, the Vegas Golden Knights. They pressure the defense of Edmonton all over the ice. Offensive zone, defensive zone, the wingers were very aggressive on the points, and as a result, that shot gets thrown to the net a little bit quicker than it normally would. It's not as hard as it normally would be. Um, case in point, the 2-1 um, audio goal. Um, CeCe kind of throws that to the net. It wasn't that hard of a shot after a puck battle was kind of kind of one along the wall comes right back to him on the blue line and he just throws a little wrist over the net and Zach Whitecloud just steps in front of it just says okay thank you very much I'll take this and then one pass to Carlson Carlson makes a great play and lost coverage on the play coming back but he makes a great play over to Mario and they score so what I mean by that is if you look at the goal that Barbashev scored to tie a 3-3 in the third period and, you know, I kind of looked at it again, and it was a quick release by White Cloud. It was a high, hard shot. But I still think Ryan McLeod could have stepped in front of that shot. I still think he could have closed that out. So there's just a few little things they are going to have to change about their mentality and the way they're, they're battling against Vegas. And uh, a lot of times the first game reminds you of those things uh, in a not-so-kind way, and I think that's exactly what happened in Game 1 to Avington.
0: So, Louie, uh, I mean, Skinner had a good second period and uh, didn't get a lot of help, and the Oilers shot themselves in the foot. Uh, I thought the order's right side of the defense struggled a bit. Uh, I mean, they are, they yeah, it's
1: are pressure, right? So, so it's not to shot, cut you off, Bob, but it's pressure.
0: It's on, pressure. Vegas, is that's yeah. obviously part of their game plan, right?
1: They want to yeah. get on all the defense, but, but they especially want to pick on a couple of guys they feel might not be yeah. the quickest to foot. And if you look at the right side, um, you know, that's, that's kind of it. So that's where you're going to put your pucks in. Every single time you have a game plan against the team, are you going to go up against nurse at home, you know, or a Kulak, three guys that can move pretty well, you know, all good skaters, Broberg in there as well. If he's playing left over on the right-hand side. He got some time late in exchange for, yep. for DeHarnay. But if I'm, if I'm looking at that, I'm saying, yes, now they're bigger on the right side. They've got some big guys there, but let's get in there and see if we can get in the fumble of the puck a little bit. So, so for me, there just needs to be a little elevation and intensity. Um, we've seen that those players on the right-hand side do it all season long. There's going to be an adjustment there. You have to get prepared for that pressure, number one. Now you know what it feels like because you've experienced it, and it's not going to change throughout this series. I did think they started to adjust throughout the game. I thought they started to adjust in the second half of the game. Um, yes, I know they were down and they were pushing, but because they were pushing, they actually had Vegas on their heels for a while. And that's what we saw in the regular season as well. These are two teams that when they're on their game, the opposition has no choice but to defend. And defend well, you know, so you're going to get scored on. So you could say the same for Evanton. If Vegas doesn't defend well there when they were pushing, they tied that game a lot earlier than they did, and they probably don't give up that goal right afterwards, which is another issue they're going to have to work on, not allowing a goal against right after scoring a goal. I'm really buckle down on that next year. But the good news, though, Bob, and sorry for cutting you out, I think, is that I saw some changes, and I, I really believe that everything is correctable that happened in the game. And that was the words from Jay Woodcroft and and Leon Dreisaitl. Well, yes, we brought this on ourselves. We weren't ready. Well, I'll expect them to be fully ready for game All games. right. So,
0: so speaking of changes, assuming Derek Ryan comes in for Yanark. Yeah. Uh, back from the illness, I, very quietly understated. I think they missed Ryan a bit to settle things up down at times. You I mean, he's he kind of is usually in the right spots. He certainly wasn't the difference in the game. But here we go. I'm going to ask you: Do they go 12 and six? And you look at pulling day, day out and just playing Broberg on the right side. What would you do? Good
1: question. Um, I, I don't know if Broberg's been tested enough. To be honest, I don't know if he's played enough. You know, he's played in games, but he's been under five minutes in almost every one of those games with the exception of a couple when it's 11 and 7. So he did get elevated up over nine minutes. He played more than Dejar I last night. He was not a minus player, but the, the glove hand save I was talking about, Marcia, so yep. that was when he was on the ice. That was the pairing of, of his, his pairing on the ice when that happened up against the Eichel. So again, Bruce Cassidy looks over and sees a guy that hasn't played a whole lot. Who's he going to throw on the ice? So one thing about this Vegas Golden Knights team is they're deep, and we knew that going in. So does Edmonton. This is, this is their strength, 5-1-5, is the fact that they went out and he even matched the fourth line up against the big line a couple times. Now, the first shift, they did pretty good against McDavid and Dreisaitl. The second shift, not so long. So then he changed it up, started to go Carlson. Would, would go half of a shift with Carlson throw the Stevenson line out there. It frees up the Eichel line to go up against whoever he feels he wants to play them against. So it's it's a really... It's, a, it, it's really, a, for, for the Vegas Golden Knights, it's optimal. If you can neutralize or shut down, especially the top line of Edmonton, top two lines of Edmonton, you've got a fairly favorable matchup with the other two. And that's the way they're looking at it. Now, no discredit to anybody on the Oilers team. I thought that, again... Um, The McLeod line had some looks, had some time in the offensive zone. They used their speed, and I thought they got better as the Los Angeles series went on. I expect them to get better in this series. It was a real feel-out in the first game, and they've they've lost seven straight first games in the series now, the Evans-Nolers. So, I mean, it's certainly no time for panic. It's game number one. Um, It's why it's a seven-game series, and, and I expect them to make adjustments, as they've done all year long and 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 come back with a better effort. Now, as far as Derek Ryan goes, and I agree with you, I think the other thing about Derek Ryan is his speed. He's a quick player. So he's got a great stick and a defensive conscience, and he is in the right position more often than not. And that's very important when you're dealing with a pressure-filled team like Vegas. So they did miss him a bit. It was too bad about what happened to Yanmark. Mark. That was a real... Uh, a real Break. awful fall into the boards. And you know what? It, it, did it have something to do with his foot? Like, I know we, we don't know officially what's wrong with him. We saw him block one off his hand. We saw him block one off his foot and hobbled off the ice. Like... Is there something there that didn't allow him to put his edge down, and he just kind of toe picked or heel picked or whatever it was that he fell back into the boards? It was not because of what Kerry he did. He, he it was four feet after that contact, and he was looking like he was trying to figure out which way to turn. Yep. If you're dealing with a little bit of an issue where you're trying not to turn that way, and I'm not, I'm just guessing here, but it was really unfortunate. It was unfortunate. It was scary the way he went into the boards, and you know I love the fact that he wanted to play, but. Uh, they miss him too. They miss his energy and his grit because that's the so, kind of game that he plays. So, so Louie, um, I don't know. I think I, I'm going to tell you to answer a long winded answer, I'm going to say 11 and 7 still. And the only reason I say that is because of what we just talked about. Um, Day Hernay, who's had some great games and some tough games, and he's a young player in this league, not a young person, but a young player in this league, still trying to figure out his way. So is Philip Roberg. So is Philip Roberg. So if you have both of them. It gives you the luxury of kind of going with the guy that's maybe playing a little bit better. And if the guy you want to choose is playing well, then, you know, and I still think, even, you know, that, that Stone power play goalie, yet Stevenson came right into that positional play there and put his stick down on the ice. He chose Stevenson in the, in the slot coming towards the net. It went back door to Ryan Stone. So, I I don't blame him on that. He's got two sticks he's got to take care of in that situation. Personally, he had the puck before that on the power on the penalty kill, full possession, it was just given back. That's where that battle was lost, in my opinion. On the penalty
0: kill, all right, Louis. Now, I'm going to jump in here. Uh, Philip Roberg, the most he ever played was in this building. It was on a Saturday, November yeah, 27th. Yeah. It was the day of the Iron Bowl between Alabama and Auburn, and he played 23, 34 in that game, paired with Cody Cece. Then Cece got COVID. That's when the COVID started, ran the Omicron virus and variant, and it ran through the Oilers team. But the, the it was in that game, and that's the most he's ever played. Now I'm going to one read of this. his best games he's ever played too. Yeah, one of his uh, best in games. in his NHL yeah. career. Now, now you can throw these numbers up with you if you want, but they are. Fairly revealing. Five on five in the playoffs. When De'Hernay has been on the ice, the Oilers have had a 774 save percentage. When he's not been on the ice, they've had a 949 save percentage. Four on five, and it's not good enough with or without him, but when he's been on the ice, they're at 667. So they're stopping two out of three shots. And without him, they're at 810, which is still too low. I don't. I'm just saying it. It, it looks like the teams are getting. I mean, when you have almost, you know, a 949 save percentage without the guy, and 774 when he's on the ice, and and part of that is he's had two rough games. He's had the rough game in game number game number four in LA, where he got himself played out of the rotation, and the rough game in game one. I, I'm not sure what the right. I, I would have to think about it myself. now the only thing is, you have to have options, Louis, to go 12 and six. Do you integrate? Do you get a different dimension, a guy that can skate a Holloway? Or, you know, I mean, and if again, assuming Ryan could come back, what you could in theory do, Louis, up front is go McDavid, Dry Settle, and Hyman, Kane, Yamamoto, and Nugent Hopkins, McLeod, Holloway, and Fogle, who played well together in New York, you'd remember before McLeod and Fogle got hurt. And then Bukestad and Ryan and Coston. You could go that way for four lines, but you don't. You, then you're rolling with Broberg on the right side. So I, I threw a scenario at you. I'd like to know what you think about maybe that as an option.
1: I, I think it's a great option. I, 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 it wouldn't surprise me at all if that's what Jay goes to again. But I, I really feel we're talking about a pressure-filled Vegas Golden Knights. And if you look at DeRenne, I thought he recovered pretty well in the Los Angeles series. It's yes, one he one game. Did. Yes, you did. know what I'm saying. Like, and I know people. I understand the stats tell a story. I get that. I totally understand that. But this is the team they have. This is what they. This is what they have to put on the ice and go up against the Vegas Golden Knights. If they were to choose Broberg, okay, fine. I'm fine with that too. If, they, if that's what they decide to do. But again, I think. Either way is a gamble. If you put both of them in there, you have at least the luxury of kind of pick the guy that's playing well. If they're both playing well, they're both going to be in the rotation. They're both valuable in different situations. And so here's the one thing I'll say about Dan Hernet, too. I think he got, because of his size, because of his aggression, I think that he had some penalties called against him that I don't think were penalties. He's a young guy in the league again, the referees don't know him, and I do feel that he got some penalties called against him that I I didn't like, okay, and there was a few of them in that first round that I think we could argue whether they're penalties or not. Uh, a couple of the interference calls last night, it's like, okay, I guess this is what they're calling for penalties now, but you know what, at least they were consistent in that regard, calling them on both sides. So, What I'm saying by that is I think because of those penalties, he's he's kind of gotten a little bit away from what was making him successful as a young defenseman. The aggression, that unbridled aggression where he's in front of the net, he was chopping and hacking and whacking. The game gets faster in the playoffs, I understand that. But one of the ways you can slow that speed down is by making it a tough place to be for anybody in there. And I, and I think he's got to get back to that. And I honestly think that if he does take a couple of penalties and playing that way, as long as it's out of an aggression and making people accountable, I have no problem with that. I have no problem. Penalties are taken in a series. But as the series goes on, and we saw in the playoffs for the history of the playoffs, they let a little bit more go. The tighter the games get, the more important the games get. 100%. And I think that's where he needs to have that freedom in his mind just to play that game. So I think he's thinking too much, which is a very common thing for a young defensemen in the league. Um, I wish I had the answer for you, Bob. I don't know if they're going to go with one or the other. It looks like they went to Broberg um, over DeHernay late in that game. Maybe they'll stay with that and go with 12 forwards, but I guess we'll see what comes out of the game.
0: All right. Uh, Louis, just I, I got two more questions for you. Can you give me 30 seconds if possible? I mean, Jake and Boston had a wonderful year. That must have been hard to watch.
1: Yeah, it was very hard to watch.
0: Um, you know those
1: little vomit bags you get on the airplane? <laughs> I had I had a bunch of those. I saved up and I had them in the in the room. Now you know it's it's hockey though, isn't it? It's kind of the it, way. It, it's hard it goes, to win. Un, it's yeah, hard it's to unbelievable. win. Unbelievable. Like I, uh, and I and I know that because I've been around this game for a long time and I've seen some unbelievable teams get dismantled in the playoffs, and I saw it again. I saw a team get dismantled by a team that I don't think a lot of people gave a lot of credit to, but that Florida Panther team came in hungry. Um, They did not relent from their game plan. It was a pressure-filled game plan, by the way, similar to the Vegas Golden Knights. And... You know what? Uh, they had to win two of the last three in overtime to finish off the best team in the regular season, but they got it done, and all you can do is tip your hat. That's the only thing you can do because they went to work and they got it done. wasn't easy for them either, but they got it done. And now they're up one nothing on Toronto as well, so they're riding that wave, and it's
0: a difficult team. Yep. So, yeah, it was tough to watch. And the next topic is going to be a difficult topic because we're going to talk about one of your former teammates – I believe you might have. Maybe you could educate our listeners. Was he? Was Peter Kleem a roommate of yours at one time? Yeah, Absolutely. he
1: was. Yeah. Yeah, really sad news, Bob. I saw that this morning, and uh, you know what? Uh, way too early. I mean, 58 years old. I. It just shocked me. I just saw that news, and I was like, are you kidding me? Because Peter was always in really good shape. Peter was always a guy that took care of himself. And just so I, I honestly don't know any of the story. I just saw the news. My, my heart goes out to his family, and we're obviously thinking about the Clema family right now. Um, yeah, he was, an, he was a really interesting individual. Obviously, uh, a tremendous hockey player, but a great person, too. Peter was, a, Peter was just a really good guy. And when I room with him, um, funny story about Peter – uh, I used to cave it up on game days for afternoon naps, and when I got put with Peter as a roommate, I come in and I close up all the curtains. It's really dark in the room, and he looks at me and goes, what are you doing? And I go, what do you mean? It's it's time to go to sleep. We're having a couple-hour nap here before the game. And he goes, no, keep the curtains open. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah. He goes, if you keep the curtains open, you don't go into deep sleep. Your legs get rest, but your mind doesn't have to completely wake up afterwards. And for, for about a month and a half, we kept the the, the sheets open and, and as soon as I stopped rooming with PK I said yeah no I'm going back to the cave I like that a lot better but he had little twerks like that and things that he uh that he brought to the table and it will be missed it's really it's really sad and, and it's just it's too early I, I just see that 58 years old and I'm just I'm shaking my head I'm, I'm still not completely uh um haven't come to the realization that it's happened but uh, it's it's very unfortunate.
0: All right, Louie. Hey, thanks for providing us with some uh, perspective and some memories of Peter. And thanks for joining us here in Oilers Now for GCL Diesel. All right. Take care, Bob. You bet. That's Louis DeBras, GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. We'll come back with the Oilers Now injury report for our friends at James H. Brown when we return.
1: Hey Edmonton, looking for a furniture bargain? Furniture Superstore is closing their current location after 20 years and everything must go. Get up to 70% off sofas, bedrooms, tables, and more. But that's not all. Mattress brands like Sealy, Serta, Simmons, Kingstown, Tempur-Pedic, and more. Don't miss out. Furniture Superstore is located south of the White Mud on 99th Street, and 39th Ave. Hurry in before it's too late. Furniture Superstore's massive store-closing relocation sale on now. Furniture Furniture Superstore. Everything must go. go.
0: Your home shouldn't be... Uh Uh-oh.
1: When you need a drain inspection or pipe repair,
0: call ProDrain Techs, specializing
1: in trenchless repair. They'll help solve your drainage problems, whether it's a root intrusion, collapsing, or cracked drain, or just need an inspection. And now through a new cutting-edge technology, they can reline sewer pipes in winter. Book your winter liner repair now and save $500 for peace of mind down the line. Call ProDrain Techs or online at
0: ProDrainTechs.ca.
1: When you're looking for a commercial builder to construct your project from start to
0: finish, look no further than Vantage Builders. With 48 years' experience in commercial projects, they know a thing or two about quality builds. Vantage Builders is a turnkey commercial contractor that stands behind the quality of their work. Your once-in-a-lifetime project deserves a builder that understands Alberta's ever-changing challenges. Check out VantageBuilders.ca today and choose a team that you can trust. Near or far, think Vantage Builders. Hi, I'm Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. 156 in Edmonton Louis DeBrosson was referencing bombing bags after watching the uh, Boston Bowl 3-1 series lead the Florida 135-point team in the regular season. We've not heard from the Chisler out of Las Vegas now. Uh, used to be down in Palm Desert. used to be down in the southeast part of Edmonton as well. Bob, uh, rumor has it you utilized various airline vomit bags circa 1987. Can you confirm or deny? Uh, I will deny at that time, but I will tell you that in 2001, uh, a crew out of Edmonton on a Beechcraft went to crew a game up in Prince George, and we... Basically, got to about Hinton and Beechcraft, I think, has eight on each side. And it, we were full blown egg beater, full blown egg beater for basically from Hinton to McBride on the plane. And it was literally like the blueberry puke scene in Stand By Me. It was unbelievable. Like every guy on the plane got sick. And it was one of the worst experiences ever. And I shared that with you. But I'm telling you, for those of you that have flown on those, and some of you have flown from basically Hinton over the mountains uh, till you get into McBride before it drops into the valley, uh, <laughs> that could happen. And it was a rough, rough flight. We also had a flight. Uh, coming back from Calgary at the end of the regular season, I think Reddix was on the team, Liam Reddix, and it might have been 2010 And at the end of the 910 10 season, and it was a rough flight for the fellows as well. There you go. And that's on a Big bird. That's not on a small bird. Oilers now injury report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang of James H. Brown, proud supporters of the Edmonton Oilers, the Edmonton Elks, and the U of A. Golden Bears. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. We don't know yet. Derek Ryan missed yesterday's game due to an illness. No update on this time And Matthias Janmark. I think the hope is Ryan will be able to play Saturday. No other updates at this time. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. And then I want to hear from you. I want to get your thoughts in game one. Are you concerned? Do people overreact? Uh, do people think it's a best of one and not a best of seven? What would you make coaching change-wise, if any? Text us on the Ashley Pine Floors text line. Give us a call on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. We'll go fully interactive after Randy brings us a global news weather traffic update.